0: The Podcast. What you doing, everybody? I was gonna go in the studio today, but uh, well, long story short, we're out of internet, or don't have power, or something's going on in the studio, so. Ended up just recording at the house, so that's why I sound a little bit different. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Luckin' podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Links in the description. So, um, yeah, I hope everyone has been doing uh, excellent, been doing... Um, Uh, productive work or just relaxing and or just enjoying themselves it's been a minute since i've been on the podcast i uh sorry i normally like to skip uh sorry uh stick to my um weekly schedule of about one podcast a week uh this last two to three months have been extremely difficult getting that week uh weekly podcast out so um Kind of doing some catch up work right now. Um, had been in the transitioning of moving and whatnot into a new place, and then the internet at the new place wasn't working, so I was always at I was only able to record at the studio, and then you know, real life was coming in and encroaching, so so much stuff was happening all on top of that. But, anyways, um, y'all didn't hear to y'all didn't come here to. Listen to me complain about uh, how you know hard it is to get a podcast out. Y'all came here to listen to a Wakanda Forever Black Panther movie review, the highly anticipated uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, might I say? Um, I I got to say, right off the bat, I've been anticipating Wakanda Forever, lightly anticipating. Well, kind of forever over the past couple. What is a couple? Two to three years now. So yes, uh, did a little time jump right there when got a little quick Wikipedia check on everything that we're talking about. Didn't want to just randomly blurt out dates and stuff like that. So um, let me go through the background details, and I kind of can fill in some of my opinions of my anticipation for this movie so black panther wakanda forever is a 2022 american superhero film based on the marvel comic comics character black panther produced by marvel studios and uh, distributed by walt disney studios motion pictures it is the sequel to black panther 2018 there we go it's four years um and the 30th film in the marvel cinematic universe directed by ryan coogler uh, who wrote? Who co-wrote the screenplay with uh, Joe Robert Cole. The film stars Letitia Wright as Shuri, alongside Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Florence uh, Kashumba, Dominique Thorne, Michaela Cole, Tanakh Hartot, Martin Freeman, and uh, Julia Louise Trifus, and Angela Bassett in the film. The leaders of Wakanda fight to protect their nation in the wake of King T'Challa's death. So, um, there's are there is some spoilers immediately in the Wikipedia uh, synopsis here. So I'm trying to dance around those for people that haven't watched any of the actual uh, the marketing of it or don't know anything about any uh, of the. Uh, minor, minute details, kind of going into it, and kind of want to stay spoiler-free. So I'm going to try to dance around those details as much as possible. So forgive me if I uh, if I let one slip or anything like that, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so yeah, what do we have? Cinematography: Autumn Durand Acapul. I have not heard of that cinematographer before. Let's see what they've done before. Filmography: Most recently was the low-key series, and uh, it looks like some. Uh, Beastie Boys Worked with Spike Jones yeah this is not a a, a Cinematographer I've heard of Before but we also Are bringing back I think we're Bringing back the same uh, Ludwig Gordson Didn't he do the first Black Panther as well And a whole bunch of the Mandalorian And Creed and Creed 2 yeah he's Done a lot of work with um, Oh and Fruitvale Station he's really Close with Ryan Coogler I believe um, working with him very closely. So I like his sound as well. So um let me give a little bit more detail and I'll uh jump into the actual details of this story for me. Um let me see. Oh, Kelly Dixon was on the was one of the editors. She I believe that's the same one of the same creators and editors on uh, Better Call Saul. I listened to one of her podcasts, really like her work. Um, I believe she also worked on Obi One as well the show so anyways it was uh, released October 20 sorry November 11th 2022 in the United States a running time of 161 minutes we are just shy of about three hours it's a pretty chunky movie Um, budget of 250 million and so far it has made a box office of 545.5 million so i think it needs to make a box office of probably like six to eight hundred to really make its money back if you need to make triple it so ideas for the sequel began after the release of the black panther in this uh february 2018. coogler negotiated to return as a director in the following months and marvel studios officially confirmed the sequel development In mid 2019. Plans for the film changed in August 2020 when Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman died from colon cancer. With Marvel choosing not to recast his role of T'Challa, other main members, other cast members um, from the first film were confirmed to return by that November. And the title was announced in May 2021. Uh, Production initially took place from late June to early November 2021 in Atlanta, Brunswick, Georgia, sorry, Atlanta and Brunswick, Georgia, as well as around Massachusetts, before a hiatus to um, Wright to recover from, um, sorry, to allow Shuri, the character who plays Shuri, um, Leticia Wright to recover from an initial sustained injury during uh, sorry an, an initial injury sustained during filming production uh, resumed by mid 2022 and wrapped in late march in puerto rico wow so they just now finished this movie this this has been a hell of a production for this movie if you think about how much of a task that ryan coogly had to kind of overcome and just the the you know the waves that he had to you know, navigate the ship of the Wakanda forever movie on. I do not envy this job. I got to say that I know that the majority of this was kind of a a tribute to his friend Chadwick Boseman. And um, you can absolutely feel it in the the scenes that they are uh, focusing on him as well. So, Black Panther Wakanda Forever premiered at the El Capitan Theater and the Dolby Theater in Hollywood on October 26, 2022, and was re- released in the United States on November eleventh, twenty 2022. As the film, as the final film in phase four of the MCU, the film received positive reviews from critics with praise towards Kugler's direction, the action sequences, production, and costume design. The cast performances, particularly those of Wright, Guerrero, Horeta and Bassett emotionally the emotional weight musical score and his tributes to Bozeman although the runtime and plot received some criticism and like I said earlier the film has grossed over 545 million dollars worldwide becoming the 8th highest grossing film of 2022 and probably will continue to gross a fair amount of um, money over the course of the the holiday season I do find it uh, I I it, it hit that sweet spot of not hitting like Halloween time. It, it, I know it's a sticky super sticky situation and you don't want to be crass towards someone that has passed and the um the interesting thing about this movie is it is so much So much of what happens in the movie is reflected in what happened in real life. You know, we are, it it feels like when we're watching this movie and experiencing it and seeing the characters, they they are upset on screen at the loss of the, the character on screen, but us as the audience are connecting with it on a whole nother level of, you know, the actual actor is gone as well. So... Um, you know, for people that are, you know, listening to the Wakanda Forever podcast 10 years down the road, it's an extremely touchy subject. You know, it's, it might be um, hindsight 2020. It's like, oh, this is definitely how you should have done it. But I don't really know if there was a right or wrong way to do it. Um, It's, it's not 100%. I'm trying to think of an example of where this has probably happened. I know that the Bruce Lee's son was shot. I don't really. I haven't seen the crow. So I haven't seen how they um, tackle that in the film. Um, but there's. It's kind of rare for that to happen. For such a main integral part of the player to be. Uh, you know to be. So much part of the, the, uh, the story that they show. And. For the characters on screen to kind of represent how us as the audiences audience are working through it and grieving through the process as well. So I know that's kind of a long-winded way of saying, um, you know, this movie is very much about grieving, and it is the loss of the character of the Black Panther character T'Challa, but it's also about the loss of the you know the great Chadwick Boseman and um, the. Not exactly the work he contributed, but there is kind of, you know, salutes to his work within the MCU. But I think that, um, you know, when they're talking about how great of a character T'Challa was or you know, how much they looked up to him, I always feel like they were kind of talking about Chadwick as well. And so there's kind of like that. It's uh, double edged sword's the wrong um, metaphor for it, but it's kind of like that double sector of the double meaning in there. And so. Yeah, I, uh, I was very moved at the beginning of this movie. I, I got to say that the beginning had me kind of choked up almost immediately. I'm, I'm not going to talk spoilers quite yet, but I just kind of wanted to prepare everybody that, you know, they are dealing with the loss of this uh, this actor and the character as well. So, um, like all the stuff, like, like everything I had previously said that, uh, you know, the other... Uh, uh critics had been talking about and discussing I mostly agree with them I think it's a pretty good movie it's not I don't want to say it touches levels of greatness like the first one did but this is just me personally um I'm trying to think I've heard a handful of podcasters and movie review critics and you know sites kind of say Wakanda forever is clearly the superior movie in comparison to the first one. And I just don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that with my personal taste. Like I, I can totally see that this is, uh, it's, it's super ambitious. It's having to work with so much, so much going forward And having to leave so much of the integral past behind, as in Chadwick Boseman, you know, that was one, he was the driving force of the first movie. So it's like, imagine having the driving force, imagine having, uh, you know, uh, the race car, the best race car you can have. uh, uh, You know, it's already won the first race. Black Panther first movie was amazing. Chadwick is the engine, and now you're going for the second race. And then right before you're, as you're getting ready for it, you get, your main engine the thrust the chadwick removed out and so we're left with i don't want to say a hollow shell of the black panther movie because that sounds really um like they aren't they aren't putting something meaningful in this movie and that's not what i'm saying at all i think that the scenes that have angela bassett and Shuri, you know talking and understanding and kind of grieving and mourning and going through the motions and emotions of what you know, real life, how we're feeling, are they're remarkable. I think the, the moments of drama in this are some of the best scenes that you'll have in a Black Panther, in a Marvel movie, in any Disney movie at, at some point. Uh, I remember feeling, you know, very, uh, I was very moved at the first Black Panther, just about, you know, spoilers, obviously, for the first Black Panther, but, you know, he loses his father in that, and he's grieving over his father, and uh, becoming the Black Panther, um, it, there's just it's just a very moving uh, movie of kind of uh, I'm trying to think of what the the best words are. I'm saying a oh, lot, but it's what I'm what I'm I'm trying to get at is both movies are moving for very different reasons, even though they both have to deal with a tremendous amount of loss on different levels. The first one was obviously quote unquote. a a, a loss in the story the second one is a loss in real life and um uh, in the story so it's like a you know the double whammy with it so my uh quick review of black panther before we go into spoilers wakanda forever is a highly ambitious and delicate balance of a sequel to the black panther movie starring chadwick boseman since uh since then we have unfortunately lost Bozeman due to colon cancer. His presence was so warm and welcoming in the movie and on and off screen that it makes the second movie that much more difficult to sit with. Um, and not sit with in a bad way, but it's just it's the it's the grieving part of it that is very difficult to kind of sit with. If you're if you're going to the movie to try to enjoy yourself, to try to, you know, escapism, uh, you know, experience some escapism, this is not the movie for that. This is the one you're going to, you know, kind of get the emotional wallop of a punch to the gut, you know, the, the gut punch. But with saying that, you know, there is still this balance of drama, action... And, um, you know, sprinkled in comedy here and there, I do got to say that this movie does feel slightly overstuffed. So before we get into the cons and everything, and then the spoilers, let me talk about the pros and things that I loved about this movie. What I loved about this movie, I don't think I've heard anyone that for before we get into the pros and cons. I gotta say that every single critic I've heard almost seems to have a very similar take on the movie. Almost everyone seems to say Angel Bassett amazing. Almost everyone says the uh, CGI is hand over fist better than the first one. Um, music amazing. The tributes to Chadwick pretty damn good. Uh, if if not moving to you know a tear jerking point. Um, but uh, the set design, costume design, the women of Wakanda, the action, all of that. I think most people would agree all of the, and the Namor of it all, the antagonist, most of that works, including the design. Now, some of it doesn't go into super detail about some of these things. Uh, like some people uh, I've heard that they say that the world of Namor, the, the, the antagonist in this movie is, um, you know, he's it's it's not thoroughly explained enough and i i could probably agree with that i could the thing with watching this movie and i was i was kind of feeling it around the halfway point um when the the initial i don't know driving point of what happens in this movie is kicked off uh what was i saying um sorry i just lost my train of thought the i'll I'll go back to it anyways uh the cons with the movie over for me personally it felt a little bit overstuffed there's certain characters in this that are um oh now i remember so the the overstuffedness of this movie this is almost a three hour movie and it easily feels like it could probably be three and a half four hours i have one thing i did hear from some people that were like Oh my, the biggest division I've heard for this movie is either you felt the runtime or you didn't feel the runtime. For me personally, I felt the runtime hand over fist around two hours in. I was like, I can feel scenes that are being rushed and other scenes that are being slowed down. It kind of felt like somebody was playing with the manual shift driver. So sometimes we were in first gear, sometimes we were in fourth gear. And my biggest issue with this movie was the pacing. Sometimes it just would it would hit a stride and I was like, "Oh, I'm loving this." And then all of a sudden it kind of was like, "All right, let's nestle down and we're going to just kind of talk really you know softly in a not kind of a dimly lit place or underwater or or whatever." Um I just thought that those scenes were played better in the original movie. Now uh, the other things that I wasn't too crazy about, like I said, it's a little bit overstuffed. There's characters I feel like they are put in there for future films. Now, this is one kind of pet peeve that I got to talk about. A lot of people gave Black Adam a lot of shit for saying that he should have been introduced in a different movie, or uh, I, I heard, a, I, this was the, a big complaint I heard from a lot of people, was that he should have been introduced in another movie. And then when they do that, People say, oh, well, they should have saved him for his own movie. It's like I really don't see a consistent reading on why people would say that he needs to have uh, an unknown character needs to have their own movie versus not have their own movie. I uh, There are characters in Wakanda Forever that I'll explain in the uh, spoiler section about why those probably deserve to be either... The the scenes needed to be relegated, shortcut or something, or you know, because there was an extra fifteen minutes. It felt like in this movie that were kind of just lollygagging and introducing things that have nothing to do with this movie until really next next time, or very little to do with this movie, or could have been rewritten to not be in this movie. Uh, the ending, I think. One of my biggest pet peeves with this movie was the predictability of the ending. I felt like almost about 40 minutes in this movie, I could kind of determine where this movie was going. I was like this antagonist, I'm just going to say this is this is not a spoiler. This was just my thought of watching this for the first scene that I see the antagonist, I'm like this guy is too cool to kill and I'm I was almost guaranteed i was like they are not going to do the same thing they did with killmonger now i'm not going to tell you what they do with this uh the antagonist or what happens to him whether he lives or whether he doesn't but when i first saw him i was like okay kugler is shooting this guy in such a manner that i feel like they don't want to kill him or if it's one of those things like you know they'll beat him to the point of submission of Either you're you, you done or you join the hashtag Marvel family, you know, like something like that. That was my initial thought seeing almost 10 seconds of him. Now, I'll, I'll let you go see the movie and determine whether or not you have that same uh, feeling or, you know, as I did. Um, let me see. So similar plotting to the first. Um, yeah, very similar plotting to the first. Like I said earlier, pacing was back and forth. And um, yeah, during the course of the movie, we are essentially reminiscing about Bozeman for the first half of the movie, I'd say, and and the, and then throughout specs of the second half. Uh, I would, I was very moved at the beginning of the movie, including and especially the Marvel logo, which is uh, I won't say too much about it, but I was I was basically felt like eating an apple whole. I was just like in tears, um, big sob and blob. There is a Stinger. Kind of mixed opinion about the Stinger. I'm kind of like, okay. Um, Didn't really have to have it, but, you know, it'll work. And it's kind of expected just from a, um, you know, logistical standpoint. All right, let me go uh, get a little bit of coffee and we'll begin the spoiler section. Sorry if that first half was a little bit rambly. i normally have my thoughts a little bit more cohesive and together my laptop right now is being taken up by uploading photos i took over like three thousand plus photos over the weekend for two different events and so i'm trying to process them at the moment so just bear with me in my rumbling bumbling ass um no like my ass isn't just forget that (laughs) uh let's uh continue on to spoilers oh i wanted to uh go ahead and give this uh, out of 10 so there's scenes in this movie i think that are more superior from acting and directing wise and a little bit more confident um than the first movie uh with regards to like the angela bassett some of the side side characters uh the co-stars Winston Duke's always a pleasure, but didn't get a whole lot to do. Same thing with uh, a lot of the best players didn't get a whole lot to do for me. Lupita Nyong'o could have been in there a little bit more. Would have loved to see her perspective a little bit more. Uh, I won't tell you whose perspective we're we're with until we get into the spoiler section. Little bit of Joe. Oh, got choked. (laughs) Okay, so uh, what do we have? Okay, so my initial thought was this movie was slightly superior for the majority of it until the very end of how it became a little bit more predictable. Originally, I had it 7 out of 10. I bumped it up to 8 out of 10, and I'm going to kind of remain it, keep it at 8 out of 10. It's one of the most contentious uh, ratings I can really think of out of the top of my head because... I know this is going to be this is going to piss a lot of people off but I got to say as a cohesive film now I I guess it depends on how you rate movies. I personally rate movies as an entire overarching feel of the movie like if the beginning middle and end all uh, generally are heading in a positive direction then I normally give it a positive review or, you know, some or 7, 8, whatever. And then if it's not so much of a good, or if it just ends really good and it's not, the majority of the movie's not great, I don't think that that constitutes having a higher grading. So, the majority of Wakanda Forever, I, I I think I appreciated and liked it more than the first one. Until the ending, where I thought the first one was more superior than the last, uh, than Wakanda forever. So, yeah, I did give it 8 out of 10, although I was kind of leaning towards more 7 out of 10. But with saying that, I was comparing this to Black Adam. Now, with saying that, I don't think the CGI, I don't think the acting, I don't think the directing, I don't think the story, I don't think any of that is more superior than the Wakanda Forever movie. But as a cohesive film, I felt like Black Adam was more on its own level than Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever felt a little bit messy in some places with regards of we're going to start talking spoilers now. Uh the new characters like Martin Freeman and Julia Louise Dreyfus and Ironheart that are introduced um through into this movie versus the uh Like Black Adam characters where I didn't feel like there were these narrative plot threads that were kind of just lingering if Wakanda forever had held a two hour and 30 minute runtime, I think it probably would have uh, Would have been a little bit better. I also was not very emotionally connected with Shuri There is a ton of time from the perspective and with the perspective of Shuri and there is a time when halfway through the movie, I'm just going to kind of spoil it. I'm, I'm talking a little bit out of order. But when she is kidnapped in the middle or so-and-so, quote-unquote, kidnapped, I felt like the narrative structure of the movie kind of shifted again. I kind of felt like I could feel the writers in the writer's room being like, all right, we need to go somewhere else now. Now we need to go over here. Now we got to – I felt the the pull and push of what was going on in the writer's room. So that's just a, uh, my – quibbles with the movie and it's nothing super major but those pacing problems really did affect my enjoyment of the overarching movie i wouldn't have cared as much if we weren't hanging for 20 minutes in a cave about uh giving flashbacks of uh namor explaining you know colonialism or colon colonization and all that stuff it was very tell 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 instead of show I, we we were told and shown at the same time of you know his backstory how you know his entire who he is what what the his deal is but I almost felt like it was like all right let's change that go to the next episode and it's the name or 40 minutes of name or something like that I I kind of Agree with the people that say that Wakanda Forever would have been better served as a six-episode series because it really feels like we need to live with each one of these characters, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, uh, Shuri, uh, Angela Bassett, all these different, all these different characters to kind of and Winston Duke maybe, um, all the different characters and perspectives and the Wakandans, how everyone is really. Focused uh, and reminiscing about T'Challa's death. My thing is the movie runs too long, but we don't have enough time for all of these characters. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword of we have all these this greatness, but we don't have enough time to show all this greatness. Here's the plot. T'Challa, king of Wakanda, is dying from an illness which his sister Shuri believes can be cured by a heart-shaped herb. Shuri attempts to synthetically recreate the herb after it was destroyed by their cousin Ninjaka, but fails to do so before T'Challa succumbs. Um one year later Wakanda is under pressure uh well well let me just talk about that real quick the opening opening is the death to T'Challa it is a very moving scene seeing Shuri seeing Angela Basket, seeing everybody kind of just come to the realization that he's gone and then there's the celebration that becomes that happens and then the celebration is beautiful it is the music, I, I love the music in this. Um, it doesn't feel like superhero esque. Feels way more African based. It feels way more, feels way more um, nuanced, I'd say. And yes, I did cry during the Marvel logo unabashedly. He, it got me good, and in the, in the heart. One year later, Wakanda is under pressure from other nations to share their vibranium, with some parties attempting to steal it by force. Queen Ramonda implores Shuri to continue her research on the heart-shaped herb, hoping to create a new Black Panther that will defend Wakanda. But she refuses to do, to do her belief. Sorry, but she refuses due to her belief that the Black Panther is a figure of the past, and I'm not sure if that is really pushed through as a narrative plot thread for sherry's character she is really she's struggling as uh as a leader or, or even as someone that has just lost someone close to them and she's having to be put upon as the leader as some sort of leader again i'm not sure if this movie does an excellent job or a structural job about understanding the structure of the hierarchy of of the black panther uh, of wakanda i guess i i guess i thought everything would revert back to angela bass's character but um and i, I guess it sort of did but i wasn't really sure how that uh, that puts pressure on Shiri yet i guess i just felt like it wasn't 100 percent explained maybe i need to go back and see that i do got to say the uh the Dora Milaje, I believe they're called, with uh, Denai D- Guerrera. Holy shit, Denai Guerrera is amazing. Oh my gosh, she is, uh, and all the rest of the uh, of of uh, the badass warriors. But um, I thought this movie could have followed them for forty minutes, and i have been w- way more interested. Or Denai Guerrera getting. Um, exiled by Angela Bassett. I was like, we're going to follow her. She's going to come back. Going to be badass. I was like, it's going to be sick. And I was like, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> so, got to say, the Dora Milaje, uh, you know, fucking everybody up. I, I was like, all right, you ain't, ain't getting our vibranium. Not up in here. Um, so... Sherry believes Black Panther is a figure of the past. In the Atlantic Ocean, the CIA and U.S. Navy SEALs utilize a vibranium-detecting machine to locate a vi- potential vibranium deposit underground. Sorry, underwater. The expedition is attacked and killed by a group of blue-skinned, water-breathing superhumans led by the Avatar people. No, I'm just messing. With um, Namor. With the CIA believing Wakanda to be uh, responsible because they use vibranium weapons. And... Uh, I love Angela Bassett's uh, uh, speech to. Uh, I think it's the UN, UN. It is just she rolls that tongue. I'm not even going to attempt to to <laughs> to even repeat anything anything she said because let me just destroy everything <laughs> she just said. Uh, it was. It was uh, beautiful. It was in the trailer, and I had heard it, but when you see it performed, you're like, "Holy shit!" Just give her the Oscar now, if it's possible. I think it's she's gonna get it for this. Um, it, it, it honestly, I think everyone agrees. I, it's crazy because. This movie is really not that polarizing, from what I could tell, on the the standpoint of critics and uh, the, the standard audience just watching it. Um, most people agree that Angela Bassett would have been much more of an interesting character to kind of put into the Black Panther suit or kind of put into the Black Panther T'Challa King role. I mean, she was the she is the queen, but just to put in the perspective for her, um, as opposed to the Sherry character, who feels a little bit less developed and a little bit less. It's not—I I think a lot of people want to put, put it at the feet of Letitia Wright. I'm putting all of her political beliefs and whatever beliefs to the side for this review, so I'm not going to talk about that, but— um I think her as an actress, and I've seen her in multiple things, even as early as the early podcast we were listening to humans where she had to kind of act like a robot or something like that. I've always thought that she was a very magnetic character to watch, and I felt like this movie did not serve that side of her as well. Her playing sad is very hard to kind of um, attach ourselves with, for me personally. So... uh, so yeah, they blaming Wakanda for the vib uh, so, CIA uh, believing Wakanda to be responsible. Neymar confronts Ray- Ramonda and Shuri, easily bypassing Wakanda's uh, advanced security, blaming Wakanda for the vibranium race. He gives them an ultimatum: deliver him the scientist responsible for the vibranium detecting machine, or he will attack, or he will attack Wakanda. So. This is how they are kind of bringing in the Ironheart uh, subplot, I guess, and essentially it's a young, black, uh, bright college student that has created some sort of vibranium-finding machine, and that's kind of like for me that's rushed over very quickly. And what does it matter if he has the scientists who found it, if they've already found it, you know, that, that was my biggest thing. I was like, that doesn't really make much sense to me. If, why would you even care if the scientists are still alive or not, if they have the machine. So Shurian and ok- Oak, Learned from the CIA agent. Oh, let me talk a little bit about Namor. Um, I haven't really talked about the actor that played it. I don't think, um, is he Michael Cole? Cole? No, no, oh, that's Michelle. Um, I have no idea what the guy's name is that plays Namor. Mabel, is that him? I think that it might be Mabel Kadina, Maybe I'm not sure. I, I don't have any pictures of these people, so I can't see. Anyways, um, I gotta say uh, Namor. Pretty good character. I know, you know, ladies, a lot of ladies might like him. Some dudes might find him, you know, a little handsome as well. Uh, where the fuck is this guy? Oh, no, his name is Tanakh uh, Huerta. Sorry, I can't find anyone's fucking faces or names or any of this shit. Um, yeah, okay, so Namora. Okay, Namora is Mabel Kadena. Okay, so... Tanakh Horeta plays Namor, you know, he's he's got screen presence and he's got confidence unlike uh a, a lot of other not so interesting bad guys have been and other or, or antagonists have been in other movies. Uh, I enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed I didn't mind his little wing feet things going on. Apparently, that's uh, you know he's got the the wings on his feet, so he can fly all the, all over the place, you know. And he's got these whales like sh- yeeting him up in the middle of the air, giving him like air time and you know cowabunga rocket power type shit. I was like, this is some bold stuff, you know. We're starting to get in just wild wild territory, you know. Um, Atlantis Aquaman type shit, you know. I was really getting. Heavy Aquaman vibes, obviously, just because he's in water and whatnot. But I was surprised. that's still how they were able to kind of uh, differentiate themselves from the other uh, from something like the brand of Aquaman. So I I enjoyed Namor's um, look. I heard that someone had to go through and basically cover up his uh, his bulge in his pants. (laughs) So imagine being the editor that had to go through scene by scene to make sure he's not bulging. Oh, goodness. Some people will probably actually not do it for free. (laughs) Oh, fucking crazy. All right, so... Shurian Okie, uh, who's Denai Guerrero's character, learned from the CIA agent Everett K. Ross that the scientist in question is MIT student Riri Williams. And they didn't even need Martin Sheen. uh, Sorry, Martin Martin Short for this. Um, And... uh, let me see. The group is pursued by the FBI and then by Namor's warriors who defeat Okie by taking Shuri and Williams underwater to meet Namor. And I got to say, the fight is badass. And I do love the little report that Shuri and Okie have when they're taking Riri. They're like, either you come with us or you're going to be, you know, shit out of luck. So... Um, and what's it? Riri's over there calling Okie's head ashy. Just walking around with all that ash on your head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> like everybody in the theater is like, oh, so, there, you know, there's splashes of uh, comedy. And I, I guess that's like specific comedy that would be, um, you know relegated in the black community, you know, people are always calling people ashy and whatnot. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, um but uh I wasn't crazy about Riri's um uh, actually was it Ironheart and oks um like look I don't know what the what the two suits were called. I kind of forgot, but I I thought they looked like some Power Rangers shit. I was that was one thing I couldn't talk about in the beginning of this thing of the uh, review. What else do we have? The group is pursued by the FBI and then, and then the, uh, Namor's warriors who take them, who fight. The fight's pretty cool. Not going to lie. The fighting looks a little bit better and then taken underwater to meet Namor. And there, Shuri kind of goes willingly. I mean, uh, she's like, I'll go with you if you don't hurt them kind of thing. Angered by the failure of Okie to protect Shiri, Ramunda strips her, uh, of her title as the general of Dora Milaje, um, you know the head of it, and seeks out Nak- Nak- Nakia, who has been living in Haiti since Thanos' attack on Wakanda. And I know I didn't say Haiti, right? I know they they're, they're saying it politically correct or whatever, but forgive me and my American ass. Um, Namor shows Shuri. Oh, I do want to talk about the detail they have with the language. I know that there's a language that Namor is speaking the entire time. I think it's a combination of like Mayan and some sort of this, uh, Latin, I believe. I, I I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't tell you specifically. But apparently they did a lot of research on how to do the specific dialects. And, you know, the language is very um, specific to where they, they are located and correct from what I've heard. Namor shows Shuri his vibranium-rich underwater kingdom, uh, Tolokan, which he has protected for centuries from the discovery of by the world, bitter at the surface world for enslaving the Maya, Namor proposes an alliance with Wakanda against the rest of the world, but threatens to destroy Wakanda first if they if they refuse. Nakia helps Shuri and Williams escape, and Namor retaliates with an attack against Wakanda. It is kind of it's like they're not even It's kind of like a misunderstanding kind of thing. It's like they are just trying to get them out so that they aren't captured, even though Shuri and What's her face aren't really that captured. Um so it just Kind of as an escalation of war. And uh, Suri specifically mentions that when uh, Namora is, I think, stabbed or hit with a dagger or something like that when they're being saved. She's like, this is a, you know, this is going to be uh, an act of war. And the fighting of that is is really badass. Uh, the problem for me that comes around here is... Um, so Nam- Namor retaliates with an attack against Wakanda during which Ramonda drowns, saving saving Williams. The thing is, we don't know Williams. We don't know Riri Williams and why she, we don't really care about her emotionally enough for us to lose something, a character as big as Angela Bassett's character, T'Challa's mother. Now, what this probably tells me is that this was already written in the script but having to deal with two family members of uh, of the T'Challa, his his mother, his father, all of them, and him passing in two movies, it is all big, heavy ask for the audience to just kind of yada yada that. And I don't feel like they necessarily have enough time to deal with the repercussions of all these deaths. Namor vows to return in a week with his full army and the citizens of Wakanda. Uh, to relocate citizens of Wakanda, relocate the Jabari Mountains for their safety. Meanwhile, uh, Ross is arrested by his ex-wife and CIA director, Valentina Allegra de la Fon, uh, for secretly exchanging classified intelligence with the Wakandans. After the funeral of... Dude, this feels like it goes on for a minute. <laughs> After the funeral of Ramonda, Shira uses a remnant of the herb that that gave Namor's people their superhuman abilities to construct the heart-shaped herb. She ingests it. Ingests it. Seems like it's kind of easy to, honestly. I'm not really sure how everyone thought about that. Um, gaining su- It's the MacGuffin. Gaining superhuman abilities and meeting... Uh, Najaka and the ancestral plane, who urges her to seek revenge, and so this is another kind of issue I thought I had with the uh, the movie. A little bit was that it felt like Shuri was running through the motions of grief, and it, I, I, everyone everyone grieves differently. Let's just say that off the top, but it felt like Shuri was coming at it with a level of revenge becoming the black panther and level of revenge and she's using more of the nin- ninjaka or the the michael b jordan um essence behind her motivations of why she's doing things as opposed to really for a good uh, heartfelt reason um and of course it kind of reverts back to the good side at the end but it's not after a whole lot has gone down so Shuri. uh It was good to see Michael B. Jordan in it, too. Um, Shuri dons a new Black Panther suit and is accepted by the other Wakandan tribes as the Black Panther. Despite M'Baku's urges for peace, Shuri is determined to exact vengeance on Namor for Ramonda's death and orders an immediate counterattack on Tolokan. Preparing for battle with Ayo, uh, assuming the position of General of Dora Milaj, Shuri bestows the Midnight Angel armor upon Okie. Okay, so that's what it was called. And I thought it was a little bit, uh, I don't know what, what the hell that look was. The The masks are what look weird for me. The, the coloration is a little bit bright, and then the masks look like some Power Rangers. So who in her turn, and she like shits on the mask too. She says it looks goofy, I think. So who in turn recruits a Dora Milaj member, Ana- anake to join her williams creates an iron man-esque powered exoskeleton to aid the wakandans he built it in a cave or whatever the fuck he said <laughs> what did uh, uh, the dude say Okay, so let's just finish this with Using a sea-fearing vessel, the Wakandans lure Namor and his uh, warriors to the surface as battle ensues. Shuri traps Namor in a fighter's aircraft, intending to dry him out and weaken him. Which I thought, he got in there pretty easily. I was like, Jesus. I I was like, you didn't see this coming, man? The pair crashes into a desert beach and fight. Shuri gains the upper hand but realizes the similarities between their pasts and implores Namor to yield um offering him a peaceful alliance Namor accepts and the battle ends it's like everyone's just like oh they stop fighting everything's okay everyone just come on me let's come on have a party let's get some peace and get turned out it's like y'all nearly killed yourselves and then he's like alright I'll I'll, I'll, um you know uncle (laughs) it's like oh my gosh really so Namor's cousin, Namor, is upset that they at Namor's surrender. I would be too, but Namor assures her that their new alliance will assure them to conquer the service world one day. So he's still kind of like, you know, this is all part of the master plan. He might still be kind of evil, but that'll be probably determined in his own movie. Um, so Williams returns to MIT, leaving her suit behind. Okie res- uh, rescues Ross from ca- captivity. Was he... I didn't even realize he was in captivity. Uh, Shuri (laughs) plants um, more heart shaped herbs to ensure the future of the Black Panther mantle. In Shuri's absence, M'Baku steps forward to his challenge for for the throne. Shuri visits Nakia in Haiti, where she burns her funeral ceremonial robe in accordance with Wakandan, or sorry, Ramondan's. Ramonda's wishes, uh, Angela Bassett, allowing herself to finally grieve T'Challa. In a mid credit scene, Shuri learns that Nakia and T'Challa have had a son named Toussaint, who's, who Nakia has been raising in secret, far from the pressure of the throne. Toussaint reveals his Wakandan name is T'Challa. And that my friends, is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, 2022. Let me know what you thought about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the review, the movie, everything in between. And, um... Yeah, I think that that was a pretty uh, solid review on our part. If I do pat myself on the own, bad, I got to say that uh, everybody that you know created the movie did an excellent job. Despite some of my critiques on it, I think that it's still a very powerful and moving movie, and I can't wait to watch it on the on, on the screen back at home and. Um, kind of get to live in the world again i wonder if we're going to get more namor i'm sure more people are kind of uh interested to probably see that world a little bit more uh what's going to happen with the sun the new t'challa the new black panther is suri going to continue to uh, stay as the black panther are we going to get more multiple black panthers like a lot of people thought we were predicting in this movie kind of like uh other movies that we had got multiple types of superhero people (laughs) um won't spoil that but yeah let me know what you thought about this movie. Again, I gave it an 8 out of 10. A uh, little bit uh, divisive for me and myself, but it was still very enjoyable overall. So, uh, Thank you for listening watching Lug It Up Podcast. Take it easy. Show them who we are.